Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Graduates get a lot of advice from a lot of different people at this time of year. They've got dad or mom telling them what they need to do next. They've got friends suggesting where they ought to go. They've got guidance counselors and academic advisors helping them get things in order so they don't mess it all up at the last minute. They've got religious leaders challenging them in baccalaureate services. And they've got community leaders inspiring them at graduation ceremonies. Ultimately, though, after all the advice has been given, graduates, it's your life to live and your choice for how you choose to live it. We can try to tell you about it. We can try to inspire you to live it well. We can try to challenge you to make a difference. But no one can do it for you. You have to make your own choices and live with the results. For your parents, this is a unique time that is filled with great excitement, anxiety, and perhaps a little fear. They're wondering what will come of all those prayers they prayed for you when you were young. Will you embarrass them or will you make them proud? Will you be safe when you're out there all on your own? Will you still call just to check in or will you only call when you want more money? So this is understandably an emotional time for parents, but also for you graduates. It's a unique time that is filled with great excitement, anxiety, and perhaps a little fear. Or in the words of Taylor Swift, maybe you feel happy, free, confused, and lonely at the same time. Stepping out into the great unknown always brings out those kinds of emotions because it forces you to consider the questions that will define your future. Questions like, who has God called me to be at this time in my life? What has God called me to do at this time in my life? And do I have what it takes? These are questions about identity, purpose, and provision. And you won't always have the freedom or time on your hands to pray and think and dream and talk about your answers to those questions. The workaday world with its demands and bills and decisions and appointments comes soon enough, and before you know it, you get caught in the daily grind that keeps those questions at arm's length. That's why it's a grind. All your time and energy and resources get eaten up, and there's hardly any freedom left to think about what's possible. There's hardly any time left to dream about the future and what God might be calling you to do. In the adult world, time is money, so they tell you to quit dreaming and start producing. But you have time right now to think about those questions while you're standing at the boundary line between the old world that you've known so far and the new world that is just ahead. In the Old Testament, Israel found itself precisely at that same place, at the boundary line between the past and the future. But they didn't get there quickly. In some of its earliest memories, Israel was enslaved under Pharaoh in Egypt. They had 
harsh taskmasters to obey, and large quota demands to meet. They had no freedom, no power, no place, and no authority. Some of you might be thinking that sounds a lot like school. Maybe, but I'm sure that it was worse. When God finally rescued them from that situation, they didn't know who they were or what they were supposed to do with their freedom. People had been telling the Israelites what to do and when to do it for years, and they were clueless now that they were on their own how to be responsible for themselves. But God was gracious to them, and He instructed them about who they were to be and what they were to do, and God promised them that they could make it, that they had what it takes. But the people still got tripped up, and they began answering those questions about identity and purpose and provision in all the wrong ways, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They had lost sight of who God had called them to be, and what God had called them to do, and they began to doubt if they really had what it takes. It's similar to what happens to those students who show up on the college campus and don't know how to respond to their newfound freedom with no one watching over them and telling them what to do. They stay out all night, waste their money on beer and pizza, and fail their classes until finally they have no choice but to go back where they came from with only a few credit hours and several thousand dollars in student loan debt. That sounds a bit like wandering in the wilderness, if you ask me. And just so you know, that kind of wandering still happens for adults today too, but we don't call it wandering in the wilderness, we just call it a midlife crisis. So the questions about identity and purpose and provision shouldn't be put off by students, and they shouldn't be put off by adults, because the way we answer them matters to all of us. Finally, Israel found itself on the edge of the promised land, at the boundary line between their past and their future. There was no question about where they were going, but there were many questions about who they would be and what they would do, and if they had what it takes to accomplish the task when they got there. And so they paused there on the banks of the Jordan River to listen to Moses deliver a 30-chapter commencement address about the answers to those questions. That's the book of Deuteronomy. And at the end of that speech, Moses passed the leadership baton on to his assistant Joshua, and then Moses passed away. As you can imagine, Joshua is probably a bit overwhelmed at this point by the big expectations that now rest upon his shoulders. He's about to step out into the great unknown, so he's probably also feeling some of that excitement and anxiety and perhaps a little fear. And God spoke to him there at the boundary line. Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Be strong and courageous, Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous 
and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now I recognize that things have changed a lot since the days of Joshua. Shoot. Things have even changed a lot since I graduated from high school in 1999. But even though things have changed and they will continue to change, when it comes to crossing over the boundary line from what has been to what is to come, there are a few things that haven't changed that I think we can learn from God's words here to Joshua. First, you must remember who God has called you to be. Joshua is the one whom God has called to lead the people into the land. That's who he is. He's called to be a leader. That means that just like the fire chief in Boston found out this week, people will always be quick to criticize him and second guess whatever decisions he makes. Why are we crossing the river here and not there? Why are we waiting so long? Why do they get to go across first? Why are we going so slow? Everyone has an opinion about everything. So the words that precede Joshua's call to be a leader are, Be strong and courageous. Joshua has to stand with strength and courage in order to remember who God has called him to be. If he forgets who God has called him to be, then he'll probably give up or give in or settle for something less. And the same is true for you. God has called each of you to be the best version of you that you can be. And remembering that will require strength and courage because there are people, sometimes friends, sometimes advertisers, sometimes even family members who offer ideas and plans for you to settle for second best. My dad worked at IBM for 20 years before he became the vice president at an international business consulting firm over in Dubai, which is in the United Arab Emirates. When I told him that my plan after graduating from college was to go pursue uh, graduate-level theological education at a seminary, he said flat out, that's the worst decision you could ever make. He wanted me to spend half that time, probably half that money, and get an MBA in international business. Now, there's nothing wrong with an MBA in international business, but that's not who God had called me to be. And of course, my dad isn't a Christian, so it took strength and courage to remember who God had called me to be and to tell my dad that God, whom he did not believe in, had called me to be something other than an international businessman. You can only imagine how the rest of that conversation went. When you cross the boundary, you will have people who are pulling you in all sorts of directions and offering you all kinds of opportunities. But like Joshua, you must remember who God has called you to be. 
Second thing that hasn't changed is that you must remember what God has called you to do. Remember what God has called you to do. So in verse 7, God tells Joshua to be careful to obey all the law that Moses gave. Don't turn away from it and don't compromise on it. And at the heart of remembering what God has called you to do is the book. Or what verse 8 calls the book of the law, the Bible. Whatever you do, graduates, don't neglect the book. The Bible is full of stories about people asking and answering questions about who God is and what God wants. It's our sacred text that offers the wisdom of people who are struggling and striving to live in obedience and right relationship to God. It's the book that God uses, according to 2 Timothy 3.17, to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. There in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, God tells Joshua to keep this book of the law always on your lips. Talk about it. Meditate on it day and night. Read it. Think about it. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. If you're going to remember what God has called you to do when you cross the boundary line, then you need to read the book and think about it and find some friends to talk about these things with. And all of that talking about it and all of that thinking about it is aimed at helping you do what it says. Actually doing what the Bible says. Do you you see that up there? Right? Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Talking about it, reading about it, thinking about it. You're wasting your time if it's not in the effort of doing what it actually says. But doing what the Bible says requires strength and courage because other people will be quick to point out that the Bible is an outdated book with outdated thoughts that has no relevance to our lives today. What can you say to that? A lot of you just don't say anything. Many Christian graduates who are being recognized at churches in services like this across the country today, will go on to adopt that same stance for themselves in the next four years. My hope is that that does not happen to you. I want you to summon your strength and your courage and say that if holiness and love and grace and truth are outdated and irrelevant today, then that's a problem with contemporary society. It's not a problem with the Bible. That's how you respond to that, by the way. If you're going to remember what God has called you to do, you're going to have to get into the Bible and allow the Bible to get in to you. The last thing I want to suggest that hasn't changed for people at the boundary is that you must remember that you have what it takes. You have what it takes. Joshua had what he needed to be who God had called him to be and to do what God had called him to do because he wasn't setting out on the journey all alone. 
He had the people of God on his side. But even more importantly, he had God on his side. Verse 9 says, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I want you to know this morning that you never need to feel like you're all alone on the journey. Because the people of this church are on your side. But even more importantly, I want you to know that you never need to doubt that you have what it takes because God is on your side. He is with you wherever you go. When you cross the boundary line into the future that God has for you, there will be times when you feel like giving up. There will be times when you don't know what to do. There will be times when you're pushed to the breaking point. But don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. Remember who God has called you to be. Remember what God has called you to do. Remember that you have what it takes. And may you be successful wherever you go and prosper in whatever you do. Let's pray. God, I thank you again for these graduates and their families. What a day. What a day. But beyond the celebration, I pray that we all would heed the challenge of your word on our lives. The questions about identity, purpose, and provision aren't just for graduates, they're for all of us. Give us clarity about who you're calling us to be. Give us clarity about what you're calling us to do at this time in our lives. I pray now for this time of invitation. Where there is fear, I pray that you would bring courage. Where there is pain, I pray that you would bring peace. Where there is weakness, I pray that you would bring strength. Where there is death, I pray that you would bring life. We pray this prayer to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.